0: Good morning, ECF Church. So we have greeters, greeter teams now, so there's lots of people in the lobby visiting, <laughs> visiting with the greeters, which is great. Guys, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> I don't know if they can hear me. Uh, welcome, church, to church. We are the church. Amen. Um, I'm excited this morning. This morning, I had a sense, as soon as I woke up, um, about God, our protector, So, God, our Father, the Father who protects us. Um, And I love that, you know, our children, they don't earn our protection. We are fiercely protective over what they hear, what they see, and what happens to them. So long as they're under our covering, so long as they stay near to us, we can protect them. When they run off, we cry out after them, we call them back. So, this morning... um, as we worship, just take that and meditate on that and know that your father loves you and that he wants you and that he's your protector, that you don't have to fight. You don't have to fight your own battles. Last night we were talking about how this guy is such a lover and Jairus, they're just, tend- we watched the Karate Kid <laughs> with the kids and how um, I, we live in a home with tender hearted men and they will, they will fight if they have to. But boy, that's just not their tendency. And then one of the girls like, what about you, Mom? I was like, we're not going to talk about me. <laughs> I'm a fighter. Yeah. I sometimes fight when I don't need to fight. Like sometimes I stand down. <laughs> but God fights for us. He always knows when to fight, how to fight. And he always wins. He always wins. He always wins for
1: us. So let's worship him this morning. Amen. Stand with me, church. We're going to do a call to worship this morning out of Psalm uh, 57. And I just want to remind everybody that God is moving, God is working. And he had a word last week of really a summer of miracles, both big and small. So a lot of times we come expecting something major to change, something big to happen, and sometimes he's working even in the small things. Maybe you just showing up today coming to church today was a miracle in and of itself that was orchestrated by Him. So I come this morning expecting I come today expecting God to move only the way He can move. Not in my own strength, not in my own power, not with my own words but Him and Him alone. To work, to move to be what only He can be. Psalm 57 says this, My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake the lute and the harp. I will awaken the dawn and I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let Your glory be above the earth. Father, we worship You today. We glorify You today. We invite You into this place today to move, to work, to do. Holy Spirit, have Your way. Lord, we worship You today. We give You honor, praise, and glory in Your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Let's worship Him this morning.
0: Church, the power in the blood of Jesus is ours today. The love of the blood of Jesus is ours today. It is not earned by performance. Church, the greatest, one of the greatest enemies of the church today is just the religious spirit of earning of comparing, of rating ourselves, of trying to assess where we are. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our work is to trust, to obey, to know him and be known by him. There is power in the blood of Jesus. This morning, as we take communion together, um, when we take communion, you know, we do it in remembrance of him. And Pastor Jason and I always Whenever we, whenever we administer communion, we talk about how to remember means to bring the cross into now. It doesn't just mean to think fondly of Jesus. It means remember, pull into today what he did because it is as relevant, as powerful, as rich, as costly, and as free today as it was 2,000 years ago. And so, as you come up and get your elements and take them back to your seat, you're going to hold on to them, and we're all going to partake together. But I want you, there's not, it's almost every Sunday, when I take communion and I close my eyes as we're praying or as Pastor Jason's reading scripture, I either either see an altar or a cross, and I take every single thing that I'm carrying and I put it there. If I'm angry with someone, I don't don't receive condemnation. It's okay to be angry, but I give it to him. If I'm worried about something, a big event, if I'm worried about a transition, I don't do well with change. He knows that. I put it there, I just place it there, and I ask him to wash it in his blood. I give it to you, God. Sin, if I'm struggling with sin, there's not a single one of us here today doesn't have sin that we are battling against. I put it on. I put it on the altar. So this morning I'm going to invite you. I'm going to release you to come down these two side aisles to the table, and you're gonna you're gonna pick up your elements and you're gonna circle back around to your seats. Um, the center plate is gluten free, and it's two cups stacked on top of one another. The bottom cup has your uh, your bread, and the top cup has the juice, so it's just one thing that you need to pick up. Hold on to your elements, um, because we are going to partake together, and we're going to come to the altar. We're going to come to the altar, and we're going to give it all to him, and we're going to pull into today that power and the love of the blood of Jesus shed for us this morning. You can come up and get your elements.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment to reflect on what Pastor Liz just said. Bringing everything and everyone to him. Every care, concern, situation, sin, challenge, problem. Just bring it to the altar. Bring it to the cross this morning. almost envision yourself setting it there and leaving it there. Say, Jesus, I give you this thing this morning. I give it to you. The Bible says, surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone in his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for laying your life down for us. Your body broken, your blood shed. The price paid for each and every one of us. Lord, this morning we give you everything and everyone. As we take these elements today, we release that grip on those things today. We release them to you. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection. (laughs) We celebrate the resurrection. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which he also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread When he had given thanks, he broke and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship. I want to encourage you this morning that the altars are open. If you've got business to do with the Lord, or you're just like, I want to give him something today that I've been holding on to too tightly for too long, whether it's a, an issue, a relationship, a sin, a challenge, whatever it is, I would encourage you just to come up here. No one's going to ask you what it is. I just encourage you to come up here and bring it to him as you worship him this morning. Let's worship.
0: He is worthy, church. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of our trust. He is worthy of our obedience. He is worthy of our tears, of our suffering. He is worthy of the fight and the battle, the scars and the wounds. My children so often tell us, you're the best mommy in the whole wide world, the whole world. You're the best daddy in the whole world and it doesn't ever land great because you know as a parent you have all these imperfections but I think about the Lord I think about God the Father and he is worthy of any and every praise that we can give him As he coaxes us through this life and he says, I've got you. Over and over, he encourages us as we encourage our children. Trust me, baby girl. Trust me. I know that this is hurting and I know that this is hard, but it's for your good. And you know they do. They trust us. They trust us, and we steward that trust. We steward it carefully because it's everything to us. He is worthy of our trust. And there are situations now that you are suffering through or have been suffering through, but he has never left you. He will never leave you. It is never his plan or his purpose or his will that you suffer. Suffering is simply part of the process. If Jesus had to do it, then we are not exempt from it. We walk in his footsteps. And as we lay things down, as we suffer things, he he comes alongside us. And you come to the other side and we've all, if you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, you've come to the other side of something and you have this moment of, oh, I see. I see what you were doing Gosh, we've had some times, some of the hardest times. I mean, some of them lasted years. And I just continued to cry out, God, why? What are are you doing here? I know you're in it, but what are you doing here? He was doing good things, things that were worth it in the end. I looked back and I I looked back and said, I would go through that again, knowing now, God, what you were doing. My friend Rochelle is here. I'm so excited. And it reminds me, I've told this story. Reminds me of the summer of 2008. And I was up here, right here, weeping every Sunday. I mean falling apart Sunday after Sunday. And she came up to me and she's like, Liz, are you okay? And I said, Rochelle, the day you don't see me up here working this out with God is the day I'm not okay. That's when you have to worry. When I come in week after week like everything's just A-okay. If my smile's too wide... (laughs) for too many weeks in a row, then you know I'm not really walking it out. I'm not being real with him, with me, with you, with anyone. He is for us. He is with us, and he's the best dang dad Mm. that we could ever, ever have. Church, he's bringing you through it. That's the word this morning. We talked about laying things on the altar. Yeah. We talked about protection at the beginning. He longs to protect us. He's the greatest dang dad yeah. this morning. Next week's Father's Day. Maybe yeah. this word is just to prepare us yeah. to receive his perfect fatherhood. Thank you. To receive his, I don't care how perfect you think your dad was. He wasn't. There's areas and spaces where the perfect love of the Father will come in and heal and make whole and complete. Gosh, now I'm pumped up and excited for Father's Day. What is he gonna do? Church, he's with us this morning. He's bringing us through. Thank you, Jesus. You have anything to add?
1: You got it. All right, we're gonna
0: go into a time of greeting one another. Uh, We usually set the timer for eight minutes. Um, You guys are awesome, y'all love to visit um we just want to lift each other up check in with one another now's the time um if you're a kid if you're an ecf kid you know you have a bag uh fun things to do to get you through the service if you're a guest with small ones we have guest bags just little quiet things to help you enjoy pastor jason's sermon nursery is open little's ministry is open and the family room is open your tithes and offerings. This is the time. Tithes and offerings and those connection cards in front of you, they come up during the break. All right, let's greet one another. All right, church. Let's talk about announcements. Some things coming up. Good things. They're all good things, Um, which praise God. So, First one is Men to Men Life Group is this Saturday at 8 a.m. at the Rose Center. Um, The men have been meeting for a real long time, and uh, it's a wonderful group. Luciano Life Group has moved to the 25th. Yes? Okay, so instead of it being the third Sunday, it's the fourth Sunday. Do you hear that feedback? Can you hear that? Okay. All right. No, it's okay. I just... I wasn't aware of it, and now I am. It's it's cool. All right. Um, next announcements. There's a softball game this week, guys. I keep putting the glasses down. Glasses up. Softball is so much fun. I mean, it's a little bit of a ridiculous. I have a ridiculous amount of fun at softball games. I forget that I have children. I'm thankful for those of you who keep an eye on my children during softball games because I've learned something through softball that Jason, Pastor Jason, and I are intense when it comes to sports. I didn't know. I promise, I didn't know, like, um, last year was our first softball season, and on the way to the first game, I was in a real bad mood, and I was like, you know what? I have a book. I'm just going to go sit down at the end and read my book, and you play softball. That is not what happened at all. I was a wild woman. I mean, I was wild. We lost the last game, and I started laying into Mike Donahue. Mike's, Mike's like, we got beat. I was like, we didn't get beat. We lost. There's a difference. Jason was like, baby, ease back. I was like, okay. Okay. I was like, you gave it away. So anyway, it's fun. It's fun. Um, There's music, and it's just a good time. Uh, It's fun to cheer them on. It's Tuesday the 13th. It's at Erie Magnetics Field. That's just right near uh, Westside Wegmans. Um, Westside Wegmans, like, on your way to Asbury, that exit. Uh, There's a softball field there. So if you want to come out, it starts at 6. The game starts at 6.30. It's a ton of fun. All right, summer nights. How many people were here last summer for summer nights? Okay, Summer Nights is starting again June 23rd. Starts at 5.30, food is served at 6. This happens every Friday throughout the summer. I think we're going to have nine of them this year. Um, And honestly, it's like a picnic every Friday. It's just to get together. It's just to hang out with one another. We've got music playing. I try to serve good food. I'm thinking fried chicken to kick it off this year. I'm thinking, right? We talked about it, some fried chicken. That sounds good, right? Uh, fried chicken, homemade coleslaw. That's mine. I make homemade coleslaw. Um, so it's a great time. You bring a chair. If you want a chair, you can bring a blanket. There are some picnic tables up there. Um, but the kids play and we just hang out. We just fellowship every Friday, um, 530. Food is served around 545 or 6. So come on out. That's June 23rd. Don't come the week before because there won't be anybody there. But June 23rd, come on out. It's a lot of fun. Last announcement is baptiz- baptism service reminder. Uh, that is coming up not next Sunday, which is Father's Day, but the Sunday after. Um, baptism services are awesome. They're emotional. They're prophetic. Uh, we, we encourage, like when we get to the baptism part, is really the whole service. We encourage everyone to come up and around. Um, And it really is um, emotional. It's really the Holy Spirit just moves when people make that public declaration for Christ. It's awesome. I encourage you not to miss it. I encourage you, if you've never been water baptized as an adult, like if you've never chosen water baptism, to talk to Pastor Jason or talk to Pastor Andy um, or even to myself, and um, let's talk about it or go ahead and sign up uh, because it's going to be great. All right. That's what I have.
1: We do get fired up at the softball games, that is for sure. I think at one point last year, I was, when I was banging on the fence somewhat uncontrollably during some play that happened, I, I realized, I was like, simmer down, Jason, simmer down. This is a church softball league. Simmer down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, our, our pep talk to the team is, Jesus was a winner, so let's win. Let's be like <laughs> yeah, let's be like Jesus and win, yeah? Jesus was a winner, amen, yeah. Whew. Anyway, yeah, we had, the reason why all this is coming up, to be honest, uh, last year we were 0 for, <laughs> meaning we didn't win a single game last year. We were 0-12 during the regular season, uh, we, we enjoyed, we had fun coming out to play, there was zero expectation at some point in time about winning, we were just happy to be in close games. And this year, we came out of the gate winning games, so that we were 3-2 and two right now, and this week was tough. Because we had a really, we had a 10 run lead and then we gave it up right at the end of the game. We ended up losing. So, yeah, that's, boy, am I still sour about that? (laughs) When was that game? Thursday? I'm still recovering. It's Sunday morning. So, pray for your pastor. I am still in recovery uh, from that loss on Thursday night. So, anyway, guys, this summer, we're so excited about all the stuff that's happening this summer, but mostly because we're in God's kingdom, we're in God's family. And he's doing miracles in people's lives, amen? And I'm just excited to hear, I just, I would encourage you, if God has been doing a miracle in your life, he's just, write it on those connection cards, and just submit it to us, so we email us, call the church, whatever. I just want to get a, I want to capture, and I want to share these testimonies of what God is doing. Uh, We called it a summer of miracles, was kind of the prophetic word last week that came up. So I'm looking forward to the summer of miracles, and what he's doing, and how he's moving in our lives. Uh, For offering this morning... I have a scripture out of Luke, I'm going to read 37 uh, and 38, and this is a familiar scripture, you guys have heard this before, and I, you know, we usually just do verse 38 when it comes to tithes and offerings, but I thought I'd back up a little bit and just give us a little summer challenge here, uh, starting in verse 37. Ready? Judge not. (laughs) See, I love when there are certain scriptures where you get the amen you know, and the amen comes from, I am more than a conqueror. If God is for me, who can be against me? And you get the amens, and they shout you down because you're preaching all this other stuff. But when you say the word judge not, <laughs> it's all right, yeah. I get it, man. I'm feeling it too, right? Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Wow, what a powerful, powerful statement. Because in all of our lives, God, is it's, a, it's the law of sowing and reaping, is it not? The law of sowing and reaping is alive and well, not just in our finances, but in our relationships and how we act and how we treat others. And things that go on in our lives is a lot of times from the seeds we have sown. So this word, this is a great word for us when it comes to every part of our life. Verse 38, give. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Makes me think of like coffee. Pressed coffee, you're pressing it down, it's running over. It's fantastic. Fantastic. It will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And we give not so that we can get. We give to be a blessing. And we give because God has called each and every one of us to be a distribution center. We're just a distribution We're here for a short time on this earth. Whatever God has blessed us with and given us, it is our stewardship and our responsibility to use it to his glory and to give back where he tells us to give back. So let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver this morning, Lord, for these tithes, these offerings. Lord, we thank you that you are a blessing. Each and every one of us, Lord, as we give, Father, you are the one who multiplies. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we will be debt-free in Jesus' name. We continue to believe that as a church and as a, uh, as a congregation, both as a church and individuals and families that are sitting here, Lord. We thank you that you are moving us towards debt-freedom. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the God of increase. And, Lord, I just pray over this message this morning that you would just open our ears and our eyes to see and to hear more about who you are in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. amen. I want to open just with a quick story. We're in a series called uh, The Attributes of God. I believe we're in like week 11. Uh, I don't think we'll go quite as long as the Believer's Authority, which was like a six month marathon of God just really pouring into us about what that's all about. But I want to open up a story with how good God is. Anybody want to hear a testimony about how good God is? Amen. So you guys remember my story from last week, if you were here about the Waldemir and me finding Eva in like half a second. You guys remember that? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, Jairus is sick. We got to leave Waldemir. Where's Eva? Holy Spirit said, go to the steel dragon. Then he said, look left. And there she was going up the mountain on, was it, Splash Mountain. She's going like this. I was like, literally, literally found Eva in like 45 seconds because of the Holy Spirit. So I got another great story like that this week. So we've got landscaping done at our house. Over the course of years, we added trees, and we added, you know, all this beautiful stuff, and Randy Ruth, who goes to our church here, he's not here this morning, I believe they're traveling, uh, which I know a lot of people are, and he has been talking to us about this one Japanese maple tree that we have, and it's been struggling this year, and I don't know why, and he's like, you gotta trim it, you gotta trim it, and for whatever reason, he has stopped over, and he didn't bring his trimmers, and he's been thinking about coming over to trim it, and it, nobody has trimmed this tree, and it's looking all sad. I mean, it is sad, 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 this tree. It needs trim. you got to cut the dead off, all that good stuff, right? So it's been, I've been thinking about, thinking about, thinking about. Well, on, was it Saturday? I believe it was Friday. Friday. We go on a little walk in the morning, and I come back, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to trim that tree. I'm going to trim it right now. And so I go, and I start looking for my trimmers. Now, the trimmers have been lost since summer has begun, really since spring. You know those trimmers and ones with the little edge and you just really can take some pretty good branches off? Right? I cannot find these things anywhere on our property. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to trim this tree, you show me where they are. Honestly. And I felt in my spirit, he said, go in the garage. My like, God, I've been in the garage ten times looking for these trimmers. I've been there. He says, go to the garage. I'm like, all right. So I walk into the garage... I'm standing in the garage. I'm like, okay, Lord, like a little more direction. The garage is a two-car garage. I got a lot of stuff in there right now. Where? He goes, well, where do you keep the lawn stuff? I'm like, right there. It's not there. He's wa- so I walk over to it, and I'm staring at it. And he just a little whisper. You know, you know, God doesn't speak audibly to us, but he speaks in our spirit. He says, look behind the shelf. The trimmer. The trimmer is right there. I can't believe it. Right, right there. I've been looking for this thing. I'm like, yes, Lord. Today is the day ordained to trim the tree. And I go out there and I start cutting this tree. And part of me was just like thinking in my own heart. I was like, man, I am not a professional tree trimmer. Do I really know what I'm doing here? And I, I popped a big branch off and it fell. And I'm looking at it. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And would you believe? From around the corner of my house comes Randy Ruth. My landscaper shows up with no tools except the tool that I have that he needed to trim. He goes, I was just driving by, and I thought I should stop by and check on this tree. Hallelujah, praise God. So he did the trimming with my tool, and he made it look nice. And I know he cut it so that it will live, but isn't God good? He cares about my Japanese maple tree in my backyard, right? Come on. He is so good to us. And he led, and I'm like, I could have found those things weeks ago and trimmed it badly and killed the darn thing. But God had ordained, whatever reason, Friday morning to find those trimmers and Randy Ruth, literally, Holy Spirit led man of our congregation, it was like God was calling them go to the Ackermans. Go to the Ackermans. He's about to do something bad to the tree. Go to the Ackermans. Like, he didn't say any of that happened in his life, but he just felt led to come. Hey, I just felt like I should come. Isn't that great? God just works things together. He's so good. So these attributes of God, these attributes that we're talking about, these are just some of them. We have a list that we've gone through so far. He's just so good, so full of goodness and wisdom. So God is infinite God is immutable, meaning He never changes. God never changes. He was always here and He never changes. God is love. Praise God, He loves us so much. He sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you, Lord. God is good. He is infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. God is wise. He knows where my clippers are. He knows where the lost library book is. Come on, moms and dads with lost library books. Yeah? Lost keys? How many of you have asked the Lord to show where your keys are and He has shown you exactly where they are, right? Right? Now I have a tile on each one of them because I'm so sick of losing them, but it's, it's like the Holy Spirit, He will lead you and guide you to where these things are. He's so wise, He's so good. Attribute six God is faithful. He is so faithful. Never leave you, never forsake you. God is merciful. Oh, thank you, Lord. He is merciful. God is gracious, God is jealous for us. He loves us so much, he is jealous for us. And last week we did God is just. He is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. And here's attribute 11 this morning, we're going to talk about this for a little bit. It's this, God is holy. God is holy. Holy. Even when I say it, I can feel it on the inside. You know, we have all these other attributes and we get excited about them and he's merciful and he's great. But we have to remember, he is holy. He is set apart. He is not like us. He is holy. He's infinitely, unchangeably perfect. Perfect. Revelation 4 8 says this. There's a couple of scriptures I'm going to read and I'm going to talk about what this means for us. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. Think about heaven for a minute. Think about what it will be like. They do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Church, God is holy. We are to revere him, to be in awe of him, to live our lives for him because he is holy. 1 Samuel 2.2 says this. No one, <laughs> no one, no earthly person, no other God, no one or anything, is holy like the Lord. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our. Exodus 15:11. This is part of the song of Moses. This is Moses singing a song to the Lord on the Exodus coming out of Egypt. "Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? Fearful in praises, doing wonders." Then the last scripture I want to read here is out of Isaiah 6. Starting in verse 1, it says this In the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah speaking, it's a vision that he's seen. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face, with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Verse 4 says, And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. When we cry out, holy, holy, holy. I believe that literally in the spiritual foundations of this world and this earth and that we live in are shaken. Holy, holy, holy. When we just cry out to him for he is holy, there's a shaking, there's a moving. I believe, you know, when they were in prison... Paul and Silas, when they were in prison and they would begin to pray and begin to sing out and begin to worship, I don't know, the, it doesn't tell us what words they were saying, but I can imagine they were saying something like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And that prison was shaken. And so he said, so this is, so when you are in the presence of God, when you are in God's presence, And his holiness, this is the response that ends up happening. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am undone. He is holy. He is holy. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it. Picture this. He said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin purged. Because of his holiness, His holiness makes our response to see, I am am undone. I am undone. Lord, I need you. And what does his response is? He says, I will take away your iniquity. Your sin is purged. Verse 8, also I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And when you understand that the Lord is holy, when you understand what he has done for you, and when you say, I am unclean, I need you, Lord, and he touches you and changes you, you can do nothing else but say, send me. Send me. I will go. Where do you want me to go, Lord? I will go. Here I am. Send me. So what does holy mean? Holy means, it means sacred, it means set apart. It means sacred and set apart. Our God is set apart from all other gods. He is greater than all other gods. He is set apart. This word holiness refers to his separateness, his otherness. There is no God like him, there is no one like him. The fact that he is unlike any other being. He is complete and infinite in his perfection. This holiness as an attribute of God, it really what it does is it binds all the other ones together. He is gracious, he is merciful, he is faithful, he is good, he is love, he is all these things. But his holiness, he's not just our friend. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the God of all gods. There is no one like him. God is holy means he is endlessly always perfect. And his standard for perfection is for us as well. Do you know that? His standard for perfection is for us as well. It says in Matthew 5, 48, it says this, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we read that and say, impossible. Yeah? Yeah? Be perfect. Are you kidding me? I can't be perfect. Yeah, that's right, you can't. But with God, all things are possible because he is perfect. He has cleansed you of your unrighteousness, which then in God's eyes, he sees you as perfect. Before him, cleansed, clean, perfect, because the price that Jesus paid. You know, God's wrath is his utter intolerance of whatever degrades and destroys. Mm, I'll read that again. God's wrath. See, his holiness, because he is so holy, there's a, this, the other side, this wrath of God. It's, you can't separate these things apart from it. But God's wrath is his utter intolerance. You know that he has utter intolerance of things, of whatever degrades and destroys. And he's not mad at you, but what he wants is to cleanse us from the things that are hurting us and killing ourselves. He loves you so much, he can't leave you where you are. Do you understand that? He loves you so much, he can't leave you stuck in your sin. He doesn't want you to stay there. He's asking you to go deeper with him, to go further with him. And thankfully, praise God, the Christian, those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, will never have to experience God's holy wrath poured out. Thank you, Jesus. So what is our response to God's holiness? What do we do with this? What do we do if God is holy? What do we do with almost every one of his attributes? We worship him. We worship him. And in a couple of minutes, the band is going to come back up, or a couple of them, and we're going to sing a song all about His holiness. And I want each of us to remember, and when we say those words, holy, 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 that we would sense a shaking on the inside of reverent fear of the Lord, of who He is, and His greatness, and His glory. How do we worship him? We praise him with everything and in every day. Everything and anything. We praise him. We praise him in the ups. We praise him in the downs. We praise him when it's good. We praise him when it's bad. Most of us praise him just when he's good. You know, well, he's always good. We praise him when things are good in our lives, right? You know, things are going well. Hallelujah. I found my clippers. I found my clippers. I'm like, praise God, I found my clippers. Hallelujah, I found my clippers. But when I stub my toe or step on the Lego for the unteenth time, especially in the... My, a couple of our kids, we have, a, we have a bedroom in the basement, and there's a couple girls that reside down there, and for whatever reason, before bed, they do not pick up their toys. Now, as mom and dad... This is our job, it's our responsibility. We need to instill that in them. But they don't, but it's pitch dark down there. And so when little Maggie Mae, who's my five-year-old, comes up and says, Daddy, I had a bad dream. Okay, baby, I love you so much, baby. Let's go downstairs. Will you hold me down the stairs? Like this risky business. But I will hold you. So I pick her up, and it's pitch dark. For whatever reason, I forget to bring my phone to give myself a little bit of a flashlight. And I start trying to navigate the basement to get her back to her in every step I take. OK, I didn't step on a Barbie. I didn't step on a Lego. I didn't step on a car, right? And then, oh, I'll kick something. I'll hit my foot on something, right? But when things happen in our lives, when we're, we're like, wait a second. We need to praise him everything all the time. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? When we're on the mountaintops, we're praising him. But when we're in the valley, it's hard to. But what God, if we recognize him as holy, 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 no matter our situation, no matter our circumstance, no matter what happened to us physically, emotionally, we can praise him in anything and everything. How do we worship him? We exalt him far above anyone or anything else in our lives. We exalt him. Think about that word. We lift him up. We exalt him higher than everything else. Many times in our lives, we, a lot of us, we have our career, and it's right here. It's pretty darn close. Sometimes it seems like it's higher. Or maybe there's something else in your life that you struggle with putting ahead of God. But we need to exalt him far above anyone or anything else in our life. Then how do we worship? And we can thank him for his goodness throughout our day. All through the day. You don't have to have a worship song on to worship him. How many know that? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's worshiping him. We worship him with our actions. But I want you guys to do it verbally. In the car, verbally worship him. While you're walking out on a walk, verbally worship him. When you're walking into your place of employment, verbally worship him. Sing out to him. Say, Lord, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We thank him for his goodness throughout the day, not just on Sunday mornings, not just when we got worship music on, not just here, not just there, but we thank him throughout the day. So what's the next thing we can do? What's our our other response based on him being holy is this, is we have to revere him. I could probably spend a couple weeks on this. I know this is a lot of words. I put it all on one slide so you can take a picture of it so you don't have to write them all down. People bust out their phones and take, start taking photos. That's fine. You can get me in the background too a little bit if you want. You can smile a little bit. Thumbs up. You know, whatever. Revere him. Not, and it's similar to fearing him. It's not that you're scared of him. It's that you don't want any separation from him. Because he is holy, because he is the God of all other gods, we end up revering him. And this revere means a deep respect or admiration. A deep love. To revere someone or to revere God itself is to have a deep love for him. Because he is holy the Bible says that we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And we say, what does that mean? What does that mean? How do I actually do that? This is how we do it. This is how we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. This is exactly what this looks like. We have to, number one, we gotta acknowledge him. Acknowledge him that he is the greatest, most precious gift on this earth. We acknowledge that he is great. He is holy. He is amazing. He is bigger than all other gods. Nothing of the riches of earth, nothing of the luxuries, nothing of our wildest dreams can compare to the treasure of him. We acknowledge him as the greatest gift. Smith Wigglesworth had said this one time, and I still am not there. I'm giving my you know or I'm admitting this here this morning. He said, I would rather have five minutes in God's holy presence than a million dollars. Think about that for a second. His reverence of God, his understanding of God's presence, of God's holiness, and what can happen with just five minutes in his presence to him was worth more than a million dollars. And this was a long time ago. It's probably like five million dollars today. And so I asked myself that question. Can I say that? To be honest, I can't say it right now. I'd like a million bucks. But when we begin, and as we dig in, and as we understand, and as we seek the Lord, and understand how holy he is, and how good he is, we begin to develop like, you know what? I'm, I'm past 100,000. Understand me, right, guys? We're all in process here. Maybe you, some of you are just like, "Yeah, man, I, I pass a million bucks up any day for five minutes in the God's presence." Man, God bless you. Talk to me afterwards. <laughs> Honestly. But this is, this is a, a man of the Lord who understood God's, he didn't care about money. He didn't care about the luxuries of the world. He didn't care about cars or houses. He cared about none of that stuff. All he understood was that God, he is the most greatest, precious gift on this earth, and I want more of him. That's our response to his holiness. That's what our response needs to be, and I'm working on it. You're all probably working on it too. We're working on it. The second thing we do to, to love him with our, all of our heart, our mind, and, our, and, our, and our, our minds is to trust him more than ourselves. <laughs> Come on, guys. Trust God more than we trust ourselves. That is hard to do. We have to delight ourselves in the Lord. Trust in him to use all things, to turn all things together for good. We have to trust in his ways more than our own ways. More than our own thoughts. And when He tells us to do something that's a little bit different than what we thought or how we always did it, it's because He's calling us to something greater. We have to desire Him, to know Him. In prayer, I would encourage you to ask Him Lord, I want more of you. I want more of your presence. I want to understand your holiness even more. We have to honor Him in word and deed. Church, this is hard to do. This is All these things we're talking about, we've got to put the flesh aside. We have to honor him in word and deed. What we watch, what we read, what we listen to. Is it holy? Is it edifying? Is it pleasing to the Lord? For he is holy. He is holy. He is set apart. He has called us to be part of his family. Are we living a life set apart for him? The next one, do we seek him and his approval alone? Not the approval of people or the world. This one was written for me. Anybody else get an amen for that? Yeah? Come on. Seek him and his approval alone. What? You mean, what about my spouse? Well, when you are seeking him and his approval alone, he will show you how to better love your spouse. What about being a a parent? When you seek him and him alone and you want to please him, he will show you, he will lead you, he will guide you to be a better parent and be the parent that you want to to be. Seek him and his approval, not the approval of people or the world. He will tell you to do things that are counter to what other people are doing and then they will say something to you and you're going to have to understand that, hey, the Lord told me to do that. And I have to be okay with it because I want his approval and his approval alone. He's the Holy One. Yes, we need to listen to our bosses at work, but your boss isn't the Holy One. I'm not the Holy One. God is the Holy One. And we seek his approval before the approval of all others. And the last one here is we ask him to show us, uh, worship him if you want to come back up. Ask him to show you any sin in your heart so he can empower you to turn from it. Because he is holy. Just like Isaiah was, woe is me. Yeah? I am unclean. Every one of us struggles in some way or another with a sin of some kind or another. And we have to ask the Lord, Lord, because you are holy, because you are good, show me sin in my heart and that he will empower you to turn from it. When you shed the light on something, when you expose, say, Lord, here is my heart. I'm opening it up to you. Show me, reveal to me. He will make a way and he will make a path. This desire to live a holy life set apart for him, in obedience to Him. Why? Because He is holy. Because He is holy. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Lord, we just thank You for who You are. We thank You for all of Your attributes, Your goodness, Your faithfulness, Your mercy. But this morning, Lord, we just worship you and thank you that you are holy. And Lord, that when we say those words and we call you set apart, greater than any other God, that you begin to move the mountains. You begin to shake the foundation of who we are as we worship you, as we revere you. For you are holy, holy. Holy. So, Lord, this morning we come before you and we worship you one more time as we don't want to leave here this morning without glorifying your name, without praising you for who you are, for your holiness. We thank you, Lord. Stand with me, church. We're going to sing this one song together. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Just lift your hands to him this morning. Instead, so if we could just sing that chorus one more time. Oh, I mm-hmm.
0: We sang that song at our wedding. It was the only song that was so important to me. In church, I'm going to pray as we close. I struggle to even sing the words because it creates in me a shaking. It's weird. It's a shaking and a stillness at the crushing weight of who he is. So, Father, today we come before you and we pray that your holiness would burn in us, would shake us to our core, that we might receive you in the fullness of who you are. Father, and our response is have your way, have your way in us, that we might be set apart for you, that we might be set apart for your service, that we might be set apart to expand your kingdom, to bring the lost into the kingdom, God, to save them, that they would know you, that they would see you for who you are, that they would live God and not die. Father, set us apart. Set us apart, we pray, in the name of Jesus. We cry out, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We worship you, we honor you, and we exalt you this morning, Father. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Guys, as we close this morning, we have uh, some group leaders and uh, some pastors up here. Uh, they're actually coming up now. They'll be, they can pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Come up here. They will pray with you. If you have a need in your life or you just need someone to agree with you or lay hands on you for healing, they're up here this morning. They can pray with you. I just want to encourage you with this benediction this morning. Out of 1 Thessalonians 3. Now may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Amen? Amen. You guys are dismissed. Come up for prayer if you need it today.